on this week's full-time rival. Champions League and Europa League knockouts are set. Some changes that could impact future competitions. And Daniel and Matt get you ready for the weekend fixtures ahead. Plus, a major announcement from us. Full-time roundup starts right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into another midweek show of the Full-Time Roundup. We have a lot to discuss today. Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League. Did not disappoint, especially in the last week of group stages. But first of all, and most importantly, Matt, how are you doing today? Daniel, can't complain. We are here uh, recording at Heist Brewery this evening. Lots of uh, holiday parties and some decorations going on, of course. Uh, festivities are being commenced and holidays are starting. I know you're on your way out here uh, as well for a nice, as if you don't travel enough already, <laughs> uh, getting to go on a, a nice little getaway on the on the cruise. So enjoy that. But uh, yeah, all in all, can't complain. How are you doing this, this afternoon? I'm good, especially with this traveling trip on the parents' time. So I'm gonna can't go wrong with the parents' time. Can't go wrong with that. So uh, we'll be on a cruise. So. We do, we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. We do have an announcement. So um, tomorrow we will pre, be pre-recording an MLS special um, to be done and it will be posted on for our midweek show next week. And then that will have a special guest that we won't name on uh, potentially for Monday or Sunday, depending on when they do it. So I will be MIA. Um, but I am excited to kind of watch the games and the cruise and kind of see and catch up a little bit when we get back. Um, but uh, should we just jump right in? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So how we're going to do today is uh, we're going to go over the groups that we really want to talk about and then kind of recap the Champions League on how it went. Um, so first, I just wanted to give a moment of silence for this UCL group format. Give it a nice five seconds. And five seconds. It will be missed. It will be missed. Um, I'm pretty upset about the new format. We'll actually get to that after. But first, uh, Group A. So Bayern Munich topped the group, and they beat Manchester United at Old Trafford on the last day. Um, and Copenhagen shot Galatasaray. Any was this a surprise for you, or are you kind of shocked, or not really? Couple surprises. Um, firstly. One of the easier groups that you know was part of this this round of the group stage, and you're surprised that Manchester United are not only not advancing but finished last in the group. I think that's just a testament to where this squad is at the moment, and not the club. and the club. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, a lot circling around there. Is Eric Ten Hag going to make it through the holiday? Of course, they have a huge matchup against their arguably biggest rival uh, this weekend that we'll get to. Could that be? You know, the last straw for Eric Ten Hag, we'll see. Um, but all in all, you know, Copenhagen was a huge surprise. Um, not necessarily one of those teams to be expected to get to the knockout, but a great story nonetheless. We, we've talked about them a couple times on the pod uh, when we were recapping Champions League, and, and they really impressed, and they deserve to, to move on. Uh, you know, 1-0 one, one win at home against Galatasaray, and you could see what it meant to not only the players, but the, the stands and the fans and the city, uh, and ultimately they represent you know, Denmark as a whole for the country. So uh, a really good story, but yeah, ultimately this comes down to Manchester United as it always does, not advancing and um, really surprising that, again, they do finish last in the group. 
Yeah, and uh, I made a joke in our group chat and didn't get many plaudits or actually any responses, but I said, uh, and this team isn't the dip can that we know. This is a, this is a completely different animal. So I'm going to hit and mess with that one again. But um, this comp, when you think of comp, uh, cup competitions, we're, we're, everyone always roots for the underdog. And I feel like this Copenhagen team is probably the biggest surprise of this competition so far. Just punching so much above their weight and their wage bill. And they have, you know, mixing it with old players and, and young players like Rooney Bargy came up big against Manchester United uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. So Copenhagen, I've extremely, uh, I've been really impressed with them. I'm a little disappointed that Galatasaray didn't do more in this match, especially when Copenhagen went down a man, um, because I thought they were kind of in the driver's seat to get the second spot. But at the end of the day, Manchester United gets knocked out. Kind of what I wanted to see, Galatasaray still will be playing in Europa League, and you get to see a cool story like uh, Copenhagen go, but I'm just, I'm still not convinced on Bayern either, especially with, this is a really bad United team, and they only beat them 1-0, and yes, they did have more chances, but still, uh, I don't know, I just feel like people are slowly and quietly turning on Tuchel, and it's going to be an interesting uh, situation to monitor uh, when this festive picture kind of picks up. Yeah, definitely, couldn't agree more, and obviously we touched on it, you know, Manchester United, regardless what happened in that matchup against Galatasaray and, and uh, Copenhagen, they, they was kind of out of their control. What they could have done was won the game, right, against Bayern Munich. And they just came out of the game flat. And, and that, you know, to your point, is Bayern Munich really that good? We don't really know. Of course, they got really drub 5-1 against Eintracht Frankfurt on the weekend. So you kind of expected a bounce back. And, and of course, they dominated possession at you know on the road, which is a surprise. But to me... We really don't know because this United team is just that bad. And, and, and one thing, just to put a finer point on this group before we move on, you know, I know that Copenhagen are going to be the team that everybody wants to get in the knockout just because of you know, where they sit on the table or, or their, you know, uh, their, their perception as a yeah. club. But let me tell you something, you don't want to go to Copenhagen on that reverse fixture and, and have to get a result to advance. So just be careful what you wish for. Of course, you, do, you don't expect them to advance, but they will be a tough out for whoever they get. Are we gonna change the saying to, instead of, can you do it on a rainy day in Stoke, to can you do it on a rainy day in Copenhagen? Snowy day in Copenhagen. Snowy day in Copenhagen. I kind of like that better, honestly. Uh, and, uh, we've heard those jokes as, you know, we were trying to get, uh, Charles, we were trying to get the Dean Smith manager and Stoke trying to swoop it at the last second. So fuck off Stoke, we got him. But um, to rotate to Group B here, Arsenal go top. Uh, they play a pretty good game against PSV, who's in second. Lons uh, makes third, and Sevilla, thank goodness for my team, Liverpool, will not be entering the Europa League. Did you have any, uh, I don't know, other than Sergio Ramos being a top defender, goal scorer of all time, which you just shook your head, uh, do you have any other conclusions when it comes to this? Arsenal looks to be the class of the group, of course. They didn't really give you know their best performance here. They didn't need to, they had already advanced. Uh, PSV gets you know the, the necessary result the to Americans advance. Too. Americans do, yeah, they do, they do deliver. Uh, you know, nothing really surprised me from this. I said earlier on, I guess Sevilla not making it to Europa was surprising. I had Lawless finishing fourth, and so you know, props to them to, yeah. to advancing, but uh, that'll be a good competition for them to get some Europa League experience and. Uh, you know they're they're struggling in the French league right now, but a good opportunity for them. And and like you said, 
uh, kind of a, a nice reprieve for all the teams in Europa League that Sevilla aren't there. So, uh, yeah, all in all, this group was pretty much what I expected, especially going into the last day. There wasn't too much to play for here. Yeah, and Twitter being the, uh, the funny place it is, it can be a, a bad place, but if you follow the right people and get the right algorithm, it can be uh, pretty funny, especially with the soccer world. And there was a montage of Klopp just doing the air pumps when it was when we found out that Sevilla wasn't going to make it through, and I, I thought that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved how, uh, especially American fans have been chirping uh, PSV, just, hey, like, I mean, Pepe is just averaging a goal and assist every 60 minutes or so, and he hasn't gotten one start this season. What the hell is going on? And he finally gets to start today, and he has a beautiful assist. Um, Malik Tillman kind of sets up the chance, and then Pepe slides it across for the goal. Uh, Serginho Desk made his nice highlight reel on Instagram, had a nice meg. And the Americans are, are playing well, and, and I don't know if you saw, but Demarcus Beasley has set up a thing now in, in uh, more of the Northeast, I guess, uh, setting up academies for PSV to scout. So with Ernie Stewart at president, this PSV club is turning into a pipeline for US, US American players. And well, we saw how that turned out with one club before, so yeah, just be we, careful of that. But, so. hey, I'm, I'm the glass half full. You might be the glass half empty on this one. But I'm, I'm excited, and uh, I think this group, other than Sevilla not making Europe and getting bumped out, was the only surprise. But maybe this is a blessing in disguise as they're not doing hot in the league, and they can kind of focus on, you know, being top or competing for top seven here. Uh, but to move, to move on here, I selected this group uh, just because... I cannot believe that in Group D, Real Sociedad topped the group. Inner was level on points, but head-to-head, Real Sociedad had the edge. Um, and then Benfica, who we kind of were shitting on earlier uh, in the year, actually made it to Europe, and Salzburg are the one that gets bounced out. Were you able to kind of draw any conclusions from this? We've talked about Real Sociedad and how good they are. Um, you know, they're, they're fighting for that fourth spot probably in the in La Liga as well. And by the way, just a you know, shout out that four four of the teams in La Liga advance in the in the top pot one. Which means they get an extra spot. I think I saw Syria and Italy or sorry, Syria and Spain get the extra spot next year because of those teams. Interesting. Out. That would make sense. because I mean England doesn't get one because Man United shit the bed. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting Yeah, absolutely. And so you you know that's the surprise to me. Of course, I think Inter, no one wants to fight against them in, as, a, as a pot two team. So a team that arguably could win the whole thing is going to be, you know, getting a, a top opponent in the next round. So watch out for that. Uh, but Real Sociedad are a solid squad and wouldn't surprise me if they advance out of this next round, depending if they get, you know, luck of the draw a little bit. As yeah. some of these things are, they could get PSG, which complicates things a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, Benfica is a perennial team that you usually see in the knockout stage and and so you know that was a tough group a tougher group than I think people realize um, and, and of course you know you're still playing in Europe so ultimately is it that bad but of course you want to be in the, the knockout of the Champions League. I mean they went winless for the first three or four weeks and then they were able to you know scrunch up a, a, a draw against Inter Milan even though they were up 3-0 and then they beat Salzburg on the last day so at the end of the day, kind of crisis averted. Um, so it's good to see that Benfica kind of were able to, you know, rebound a little bit. But um, I mean, Salzburg's a good side too. So 
it leaves me wanting more from, from them and I, I just love how they recruit youth products and give them a chance so we'll be seeing them in you know the Champions League again next year and they'll probably have a new coach by then um, which means they'll go farther but yeah no I this is the most open Champions League I think I've seen in a long time where there's not I mean I guess City is the favorite at this point but everyone else is I don't know the, the perennial teams aren't that convincing this year so a team like Real Sociedad or Inter could, you know, see themselves go into the final, kind of like a Milan, both Milan teams did last year. And they cap it off with the Champions League, kind of more in-depth talking. Group F, um, the group of death, I mean, what can you say? Like, I, lo- I know you love to say that. And a surprise first place with Dortmund topping the group, PSG um, in second, Milan leapfrog Newcastle, on the last day. I mean, this last day watching kind of the Golazo network, they kept switching back and forth because you didn't know what could happen. The whole table could change in a matter of seconds. And it did. It was instant, you know. It was crazy. It was changing minute by minute. Uh, PSG go down. At one point, they were out uh, entirely, or at least in the in Europa, which would have been maybe the biggest story of the, of the group stage. And then, you know, Newcastle kind of run out of gas and, and uh, get knocked out of Europe entirely. To your point, though, about this being wide open, I mean, a team like Dortmund, who we've talked about in the league and how, how their struggles have been, they top this group, and they have a real chance, depending on who they get in the draw, to kind of continue advancing. And, and they could be one of those teams that get to the semifinals or even a final, and yet, domestically, they're, they're very poor. So uh, this has been, you know, wide open. This, this group epitomized kind of what this Champions League is exactly. this year. Exactly. And so, you know, it wasn't the greatest football. It wasn't like every game was, was thrilling, but... Um, it was open, and, and you know you never knew what you were going to get. And again, this group, that last 20 minutes of it was just what you love about Champions League football. Just every time someone went up and down the pitch, there are implications on the table. Uh, and, and unfortunately for Newcastle, you know you, you hate to see how they kind of sputtered out. Um, it was it was testament to how they play, though. They want to play forward. They want to play advancing. Of course, they're you know they live and die off the crowd there at St James's Park. Who wants to see them go play more? Uh, aggressive football, but you wonder if they could have sat back a little bit, been a little bit more pragmatic. All they needed was a draw. Um, they had the one-up lead, so they, they really had you know a goal to give as well, um, and yet they still were aggressive and forward, and, and they got burned on it, and, uh, and, and they're out. But ultimately, with their situation, might not be the worst thing for them this year, honestly. Yeah, I, I drew a couple conclusions from, from this group, because this was the most probably entertaining group out of all of them. Number one, PSG not topping the group is an absolute atrocity that's unacceptable, even if you're going through. The fact that there was a moment where you were put in a Europa League spot is completely unacceptable from their standards. Number two, Herzik, his hot or his seat just got a, a lot less hot. Probably cool now that he was able to top the group and probably the hardest group of the Champions League. Number three, you know, Newcastle and Eddie Howe showed their unexperienced in the Champions League. And all these teams, I mean, we're talking about an AC Milan team that went to the semifinals last year. PSG were in the final a couple years ago, and Dortmund are always in it. So Newcastle, the most unexperienced out of the bunch, ends up getting knocked out. So this is kind of how it goes here. Um, but, you know, are, are their owners, the Saudis, going to accept 
kind of this failure that they're on a pretty bad stretch at this point. And they are banged up. I mean, they're they basically playing up. you and I out there right now. So yeah, well, that would be a good thing for some, but I'm scared. But um, but yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And Pioli just might have saved his job with this result. So. We've been talking about the coaching carousel a lot recently, and, and I just wanted to touch on that. Just to real quickly go through the other three groups. Um, group C, Madrid, top the group, Napoli in second, Braga to Europa, which is a great story. If you don't know much about Braga, do a little research on them. They've done a great job over the years, kind of becoming a really top perennial club in Portugal. And then Union Berlin. You know, a little bit too late there. You know, they, they started out really shitty and they kind of have rebounded once the new coach has come in. And they gave uh, they gave Madrid a game. So, you know, Union, what a good story though. So even being in the Champions League. Um, group E, Athletic Madrid, top of the group, Lazio in second. Uh, so sorry, kind of saves his job getting, you know, through the knockout stages. Feyenoord, the Europa League, which we both had Feyenoord uh, progressing, so that was kind of a surprise for me. And then Celtic, not surprisingly, getting bumped as they were absolutely dreadful until the last game. Group G, City, perfect. It's kind of what you expected. Leipzig in second. Young boys in Europa, and I'm not even going to try to say the name who got knocked out. But Belgrade Red Star is their name that they go by otherwise. So oh, is that? Is that, that is Red Star. Oh, okay, thank you. I did not know that. And then Group H, Barca topped the group somehow, Porto in second, Shakhtar Europa, which is a great story considering they didn't play a single home game this entire competition. And then Antwerp, you know, a little bit, a little little too late, I guess, what you could say as they beat Barca on the final day. So that's kind of how Champions League shook out. I will miss it, the format and everything. And um, But, you know, we can kind of address the new format. Matt, you're kind of the expert on this. Can you just quickly su summarize this new format? Yeah, so it's it's an extension of the tournament as we've seen across the board. Yeah. Uh, of course, the World Cup will be expanded as well. Um, ultimately, what this comes down to is more games for, for the teams and more money for the TV revenue. So next year, the, the, the tournament oh, so will be... It's more games. It's more games. So it'll be expanded to... It'll be expanded to 36 teams from 32 as it currently sits. And then there'll be a 36-team league, essentially. Um, there'll still be a draw. There'll still be a seeding or uh, placement of the ranking of 1 through 36 based off of various criteria that I think they're still figuring out. And then, uh, basically, there'll be an eight, instead of six games in the group, they'll play eight games in the group. And then, but there is the opportunity for Pot one teams to play each other now versus how they do it in current format. So some bigger games that will happen in the group stage, of course, with more teams it means more teams advance. So uh, those bigger games that happen between a PSG or a Man City in the group stage may not have as much effect on either team advancing as it does now. Um, and then of course we're just looking at a bigger knockout tournament. So 24 teams will advance the knockout versus 16 now. A lot to unpack as far as how that's going to work. They just started to release some, some information about it. From my perspective, I think it's a it's a sham. I love the format. I love the way it's been this this time. Um, and of course, you're just asking more guys to play more games, and it's disgusting. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of just what the nature of the business is right now. And it's it's not the it's not the best for anybody. Uh, we've seen players get hurt, you know, with these extra games, and and the product on the field is not as good as if they were playing a regular schedule that they that we're very used to. So um, we'll see what happens. Of course, like 
like Daniel said, it's the end of an era for the Champions League, but um, like anything else, it evolves, and, and of course, we'll all still watch it uh, week after week next time when it, when it comes back around. Yeah, we will, but I mean, you've heard a lot of coaches and players come out uh, the last couple of years say, I mean, the amount of games they're having to play in one season is getting ridiculous, and it uh, just keeps getting worse, and when, when is this going to end? I, I, I really don't know. Everything's just a money grab at this rate, so I'm pretty disappointed. I didn't realize it was going to be more games, um, so I'm pretty disgusted by that. You know, people say change is good. I, I don't know if this one is, um, but, I mean, I guess we'll have to, to find out, and no matter what, we're going to cover it anyway. So, um, But to kind of move on to Europa League, uh, just a couple quick uh, groups I just wanted to, you know, touch on to see how it you know, shook, shook out. Group B, uh, Brighton top the group after a big win uh, today against Marseille. Marseille's in second. Ajax kind of bounced back in a big way in the league and in the table as they now have the Europa Conference League, which will be huge for their finances. And then Athens is the unfortunate team to get knocked out. Group C, Rangers top. Sparta Prague in second, which is a big surprise for me personally. Uh, Betis in Europa Conference League, and then I'm not even going to mention the, the other uh, team that got knocked out. But this this group C was actually kind of the uh, group of death here that no one expected because that last day was kind of like that Paris group where things were just changing every single goal that was scored. And I actually caught myself tuning way more into this group than any other groups today. Um, group D, Atalanta top, uh, the group is actually a pretty cool achievement for them. Um, Lisbon in second, Sturmgras in Europa, and then Group E, Liverpool, uh, they, you know, the favorites probably top, Toulouse in second, Union, St. Joao in third. You know, we got teams like Leverkusen who still are, you know, just keep chugging along, winning. They killed Molde today. And Roma advanced. Just to name a few, so I just wanted to hit on a very high level today. Any, of course, and, uh, before we, before I mention that, I want to go back for a second. The, the Champions League draw will be on Monday, uh, so we'll find out the matchups on Monday. I think Europa League is Tuesday, if I remember correctly. Any team that stands out to you from a Liverpool perspective that you don't want to play? Obviously, you guys are in pot one, so you, go, you can only play pot two teams, but anyone that, you know, uh, there's also a stipulation you can't play your own league and you can't play the second place in your group. So it does narrow narrow down who you can play. So, you know, Liverpool won't play Leverkusen in the first knockout phase. But anyone that you're, you're kind of worried about? I mean, the two best teams that I've seen are probably Marseille and another team, Sporting Lisbon. Am I worried about it? No. But I'm, I'd rather have a cupcake opponent like Sparta Prague any day of the week so you know I mean I, I other than Leverkusen there's not a single team but you also as we forgot to mention teams are coming down so that's true that's I'd true. even look at that I mean Feyenoord wouldn't be fun Milan wouldn't be fun um Right. Young boys would be a tough one I guess. on the turf. On the some, turf, some of like the yeah, some of like there's like some weird opponents that like playing that you know double fixture would be kind of weird. Galatasaray don't really want to play at home there uh, in Turkey. They those fans are pretty wild. So uh, 
mean, I'm not that worried. I, I think that Klopp really wants to win this tournament. So at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. But there's definitely uh, opponents that I rather not. If that makes sense. That's fair. And I mean, to be fair, you, you're at, you're in a tournament too, so I can't say anything. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're just looking and having fun and waving and waving goodbye to our players. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Of course, you mentioned some of those. Champions League teams coming down as well. So uh, we'll cover everything as far as the draws are concerned. Like I said, Monday for Champions League. I believe it's Tuesday for Europa. We'll double check on that. But um, there's some great matchups coming, Daniel. This is the best time once things get going. Yeah, and maybe we'll, if you guys would like, we can do kind of predictions on how everything shakes out on, you know, a show in, in the future once I get back. And that might be fun. Are you in uh the special guest could to talk about that, so you'll definitely hear from us regarding kind of even either when this competition starts back up or kind of as the draw come out, some some hot takes from us on on how the Champions League Europa League will shake out. So after the break here, um, we will get back to the predictions for this weekend. Got a good slate here. Um, but as always, please like, subscribe, download, re-download, and rate the pod as it helps to spread the brand. And follow us on Twitter, at Full Time Roundup. Uh, we, we try to stay pretty active and have some commentary and everything like that. And follow Matt at, at Life of Gesslin. And you can follow me at any time at Liverpool CLTFC. After this break, we'll break down the games. Be right back. And we're back. Predictions. Got, you know, a little couple teams from uh, different leagues. So we kind of mixed it up, kept it pretty diverse this time, and we started out Liverpool, Manchester United. Hold on. Am, I, am I asking this one for you, or how yeah, are we can doing? You actually reverse that? Yeah, let me reverse that one because <laughs> I feel like that should never come to me first. That's true. Manchester United versus Liverpool. Daniel, what, what are we thinking? Liverpool's going to clap that ass. And I think Ten Hag is going to be so embarrassed that he will not be the manager. They might fire him on the field like Arizona State did last year in football, if you ever saw that. I did not, but that he wouldn't surprise me. the field and the board really just told me fire on the field. It was insane. We could be at that point for sure. Of course, last year's matchup was 7-0. Uh, Liverpool in this in this picture. That was a Ten Hag error. It was. It was. Uh, you didn't give me a score here, so I'm I'm gonna wait for it. Five one. Wow. Five one. I think it's closer. I don't think that they get blown out. They um, needed to show up against Bayern, and they were lackluster. They I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but something there's something about this team that they always find a way to keep them around just a little bit longer. I don't think that no they Bruno, win. No Harry Maguire? I don't, no Luke Shaw. No Luke Shaw. I don't think they win, but I, I'll say 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one Liverpool. That close. I do, I do think That's so. That's insane. I mean, I've never felt so good about a game in my entire life. Um, all right, but we got that out of the way. I mean, this it's going to be ugly, folks. Manchester United fans, don't even turn on the TV. Um, Arsenal versus Brighton. How do you think this game takes out? Well, this one will be closer than the experts think. Um, I, I think Arsenal have kind of turned the corner a little bit as far as just the consistency on the pitch. We saw earlier on they were still kind of start and stop. I think they were, of course, last season's roster was, was so 
such an oiled machine. They played week in, week out, same same roster now. Arteta needs to make some changes, get guys in, rotate things with with Europe, but with uh, with Europe and stuff. I still think though, two one, too much firepower at home uh, in this one. Give me Arsenal, and they stay in the race. You said two one, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Unlike the last game where it will be a one-horse race, I do think this will be a two-horse race here. But I do think Arsenal has the edge just due to injuries and the grind of, of Europe. Uh, Brian had a field of a full hard starting 11 against against Marseille today as we're recording. So I'm sure you're going to see that in their legs. Uh, Arsenal rotated a bit against PSV, so I do think Arsenal has the edge here. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 Gunners. The, to rotate over, Newcastle, Fulham. This game was like a, a fringe game for me, but I, I have a cool angle on this one, so I, I wanted to include it. What do you think? I took Fulham in my upset pick for the week. Yeah, um, that too. And so, of course, Fulham have scored 10 goals in the last two games as well. Newcastle really, really banged up at this point. You kind of feel Freddie Howe in the, in the squad. I don't. 2-1. Every game's been 2-1 here. 2-1 Fulham. Yeah. I Newcastle defense, bad. Fulham offense, good. At the moment. At the moment. I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you on 2-1, which I hate. And I, I, I love Fulham in this spot. I, I love them. And even if it's at the Toon Army's place, because, I mean, Newcastle is notoriously good at home, but, I mean, this is, what, three straight L's for them in pretty bad fashion? Yeah, I like them a lot here. To, to go over to, to Germany, Leverkusen, Frankfurt. Frankfurt off a huge win against Bayern. Leverkusen just keep chugging along. What do you think about this one? Leverkusen need this one. They can't drop more points. They, they of course, drew Stuttgart. Got away with it, the fact that Byron lost the way they did. 1-1. One, one. I do think this is a draw. Stuttgart, or, or not Stuttgart, sorry. Uh, Frankfurt are kind of sneaky good here. Um, I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. So, another, the last German team we got is Bayern versus Stuttgart. Um, you know, you said Stuttgart off a draw, Bayern off a big loss, and a Champions League. Uh, appearance midweek at Old Trafford. Do you think they'll get it done at home, or do you think Stuttgart's going to be sneaky in this match? No, this one's all Bayern. I think from the start, three uh, 0 Bayern. This one, one of those games, I feel pretty confident. I said that last week, and they lost five one. I did say that, but <laughs> so, so I'm gonna. Do the but the last time, the last time that that happened, they ended up playing their classicer and, and put. Dortmund in its place, so I'll, I'll say 3 0 Stu- uh, Byron over Stuttgart. I'm going to say 2 1 Stuttgart. No, Actually, no, I'm going to say 2 2 Stuttgart. I think Stuttgart get a point. I think Bayern are a fucking fraudulent team. They suck. You're making people and in I, Leverkusen very happy right and now. And I think Stuttgart are for real. Especially how they played against Leverkusen. This coach, this manager, won't be here past this year. And a bunch of their players like Fulkrick and Garassi and Mundov are getting a ton of interest. This is the center stage for them, and they're going to show up. We'll see. We'll that. see. I've said that before, Instagram, and they fucked me, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. But to move over to the sunny beaches of Spain, Athletic Club versus Athletic Madrid. 
Athletic club at home. What do you think? Diego Simeone needs a serious win here. They, of course, they got the win midweek in Champions League. If they want to keep in touch with, you know, Barcelona and, and Madrid, they got to get this one done. Athletic club though are, are good, especially at home, going you know Basque country, but off a draw though against a shitty team. Give me Madrid. Antoine Griezmann gets a, a big goal here. He's actually five goals away from being the all-time scorer for Atleti. So I'll take I'll take Atleti. Uh, I think Morata gets one. I think Griezmann gets one. Uh, two nil. Morata un- underrated season, one thousand percent. He's finally found a home. Matt also kisses his Griezmann poster every night before bed. I do. Um, I do. I'm gonna give the pink hair one though. The pink, Only hair. The pink oh, hair. Oh yeah. Guy, yeah. He's doing the TikTok or the what is it? Uh, the dance of the Fortnite dance. That's that's the picture he has on on the wall here. But I'm gonna also give Madrid the the edge here. I'm gonna say two one. Athletic Madrid, but this is going to be a tight game, and it's going to be a fun watch. Um, to rotate over, Real Sociedad versus Real Betis, both had European pictures this week. Betis off a loss against Rangers, Real Sociedad off a win, I believe. This is kind of the battle for our fourth spot that we predicted here. What do you think? Are you going to back your Betis team? I'm, of course. Okay. Of course I'm going to back my team. Nice. Uh, you had you have Athletic Club, uh, who we previously just predicted. And I have Betis at fourth. I think this is a great matchup. This will be one of the, the matches of the weekend, I think. Both teams will go for it. Um, you know, Pellegrini is going to get his guys to be very aggressive. And I think you're going to see Betis and, and Isco get it done on the road. And, and kind of get closer to that fourth position. Uh, one, one nil though. One nil. One nil. KG. KG, but fun to watch. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I mean, if I could, you know, potentially switch my fourth pick, it would be Real Sociedad mid, you know, mid-year. So we're kind of going head to head here. Real Sociedad, it's a better team, a better coach. You know, better on paper. Um, they play the games, though, Daniel. That's why they play the games. That's why they play the games. I'm going to go 1-0, opposite side as you, Real Sociedad. Get it done. Now, the last Spanish game we have, which there's honestly a lot of good games in, in Spain this weekend, um, Real Madrid versus Villarreal. At the Bernabeu, what do you think? Not close. Not, Not close. close. Not close. Three. 3-0, maybe 3-1. I'll go 3-1. Maybe yeah. I think at the back is... I think go around can go goal. Yeah, I agree. 3-1. I'm going to actually agree with you, which means that... It'll probably lose. Yeah, win. exactly. Um, but I, I do agree. I think Real Madrid get it done here. And Bill Real, just, there's something about them that just is kind of weak. I, I can't put my finger on it. They're, they're a weird squad this year. Um, to go to Italy... Nap game. This is your nap game? My nap I game. I guess this is the only Italy game... I don't think Matt just likes the Italian league at all, but I can't blame him. It's very defensive. But Lazio at home in a crisis in Serie A in the league versus Inter, the best team in Italy by a country mile. Will Inter separate themselves and basically win the title here? Win the title is a little much, uh, but they will separate themselves. They get a big win. 2-1. Uh, 2-1. Two, two, one. Two, one. 
I'm gonna go two nil Inter here. Yeah, Martino Martino Martinez just does not stop scoring, so he'll get one at least, and I think Tyrone, they win. maybe. Tyrone, yeah, yeah, they're they're solid. They're the best team in Italy by far. Yeah, and shout out to Inzaghi here. And you really don't want to play these guys in Champions League. No, no, that I don't. is for sure. I'm glad they're in Champions League, not Europe. Um, we go over to France. Your PSG play Lille. Lille's in fourth place. They fly through it on here. It's a top four clash here. Um, is this even going to be close? PSG are such a weird team right now. You never know what you're going to get. What do you think? I don't think it's close, and, and the reason why, not only because just on paper, PSG has much more talent, of course, as everybody knows, but I think, I think there's a little bit of... We let one slip in the Champions League. We could have won that game and, and topped the group. Um, you heard Zaire everybody after the game say that they, they really didn't play that well. Uh, they were pretty upset about it. So I think they come out, they, they try and right the ship, kind of get things going, especially, you know, they, they know they're going to have a tough opponent in Champions League now and trying to kind of get things rolling a little bit. I think they win 3-0 uh, pretty easy. 3-0. Yeah. Yeah. Mbappe is just on such a different level than most players right now. I mean, you could argue he's the best player in the world other than, you know, maybe Jude and maybe Grizu, maybe a couple others, but I mean, even, I mean, we say that the French League's weak, but I mean, he was just dominating in the Champions League, and I mean, he's like, he's unlucky not to have a few goals against Dortmund, um, so I, I'm going to say 3-1 PSG, because I think that that back line is suspect, and I think Donnarumma is still serving that suspension, um, which doesn't help them. To shift over to another game, Monaco versus Lyon. Lyon finally got a win in the league, but they had to play Monaco back to back, back to back, which kind of stinks for them. How do you think this match shakes out? Does Monaco kind of keep not, uh, nipping at the heels of PSG? You know, I think it's I think Lyon get a result. I think it's one one here. I think Monaco have a tendency to kind of make these games a little bit more difficult and of course Lyon just historically are still a great you know a great club in France and um, they're not going to go down without a fight uh, they're not going to just you know wither away oh, into the sunset yeah they may throw more rocks but 1-1 uh, I'll take a I'll take a result here okay uh, I'm gonna go Lyon's defense is just so incredibly bad they when they won I was watching the highlights and they won off Four set pieces, not a single one from open play. Um, I'm gonna go PSG. Oh, sorry, Monaco three-one to kind of shift it to Portugal. We get some insanely good matchups. I mean, top four matchups. Top four matchups in one weekend. I don't know who scheduled that. Probably not the best, but Braga versus Benfica. Braga at home. Both played midweek. How do you think this one takes out? This is very important for the title race. It is. It's very important for the title race and, and the game that we'll discuss after this one as well. Like I said, top four against each other this weekend in, in Portugal, which is pretty pretty awesome. Pretty silly at the same time. <laughs> ah, man. 2-2. Um, two, two. Something has a draw, but a fun draw in this one. I don't like agreeing with you, but Benfica just haven't shown enough for me. I feel like Di Maria has been really carrying this team, and they're really missing uh, a player like Nicola Ramos, um, where they kind of eased to the title last year pretty easily. 
I'm going to say draw. I'm going to say 3 3. Um, I think this will be a lot of goals. Um, but it should be a fun watch if you are able. I think it's being sports where they have it. This will not be a nap game. No, that will not be a nap game at all. Um, and you'll probably see some the shittiest refereeing you'll ever see, other than maybe the MLS. Um, or the Turkish League. Oh, too, Turkish too soon for that? Maybe oh, we oh, that, yeah. If you, if you didn't see, the referee literally got his ass beat on the field yeah. in 4K. Uh, he was on World Star, apparent. Um, but uh, the switch to our last game, last but not least, Sporting Lisbon versus Porto. How do you think this match, or this match shakes out? Porto really impressed me against Shakhtar, which I know sounds doesn't sound like great much, manager. but great manager and they scored five goals. I think they continue to score goals. Sporting also scores goals. Goals, goals, goals. Three two, Porto. Three two, Porto wins. Okay. This this weekend is very big for more my um, Benfica future here. I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. Um, this might be a nap game, just how Sergio Colonsal sets up his Porto team. But, so if you're looking, if you're deciding between the two matches, I definitely would lean Braga Benfica here. But, it should still be a fun one. I'm going to still say 2-2 or 1-1. I'm going to say draw. Um, but that is it, folks. Um, just a reminder, I will be out. So, tune in. Special appearance. Should be a great one to recap this weekend's games. Um, please, again, like, subscribe, download, rate the podcast. It helps us spread the brand. Follow our Twitter, at Full-Time Roundup. Follow Matt at Life of Gesslin. Follow me at uh, Liverpool CLTFC. And have a fantastic weekend.